Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Moon and Old, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Osbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, at the risk of sort of sounding like a bad observational comic, the other day I was at the record store. Oh. Uh, yeah, went, went down to Electric Fetus, braved rush hour traffic on Franklin. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and went to my favorite spot in the Twin Cities to peruse music. Probably the only did place you, I do that. Did you, uh, did, was there some sort of replacements listening party and or event and or just dad standing around? No, no, no event. Um, I was just, since the, I, I put up some bookshelves and that one of them is my music shelf. And it's mm-hmm. like, I've got room for probably like uh, 15-ish more CDs than I have. And so it's like, well, I got to fill the space. Got to fill it. So, um, and also just, it's been a few months, I've listened to more music, I want to stock up on some of the music mm-hmm. I've been listening to that I don't own, fill in some more gaps, see if there's anything neat in the used area, and there was. Got the um, Rolling Stones debut, um, got Hailed the Thief for five bucks, got the Claudia nice. Folly and the Crickets, Trippin' Crickets, um, and everything I wanted. They never seem to have Terry Allen. Um, yeah, that's kind of niche. I hate to say it, but as much as I wish it wasn't, it, it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I was able to to finally get two hands the last big thief record I was missing, as well as uh, the best expert in a dying field, which is one of my favorite albums I've listened to this year. And a good so. and a good song. It is the, the title track is. I guess probably the best song on the album, but we will talk about that in like three months or whatever. Um, anyway, but it occurred to me to, as I went over to that little corner where they have movies because mm-hmm. I watched so many movies, but I only own like a dozen of them. So I might as well look and it didn't really have the selection I was hoping for. It's very scattershot. It's a lot of movies that I just don't care about. It's, I don't know, the expendables three or whatever. It's, it's just a lot of stuff. Um, that that's kind of there. It's alphabetically sorted, but it's just not for me. And so I go out to my car and I'm like, well, I kind of want to get some some movies. Like I I, I want to introduce Parasite to my collection because that's one of my favorite movies ever. And we just don't have stores where you can buy movies anymore. No, rest in peace, Blockbuster. Rest in power, Mr. Movies. Anywhere else? Rest in peace, <laughs> I, mean, I guess. Obviously, Target or Best Buy or whatever has them, but like even, that's, that, that's a pretty slim selection, though. Like I imagine even at the Fetus, it's relatively slim, but nothing compared to how slim it would be at Target or Best Buy, I imagine. Yeah, it's it's slim and also just it's it feels kind of lame, I guess. Like I, I I liked the the whole thing of going through a record store and like looking for um, just to see like what they have, find out what they have, and the Electric Fetus is great for this because it's such a wide selection and they have new cds they have old cds you know they they have jazz they have bluegrass you know they've got just a bunch of different stuff and i would love to go into a, a movie store that has that same thing and you know maybe we were just born at the wrong time um to to use that sort of dumb born in the wrong generation yeah yeah because you know I, I, I bet there's a lot of I, I couldn't do the Quentin Tarantino walk into any video store and just grab like five things and see if they suck or not. 
but I'd love to be able to grab five things that I know don't suck. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. Forever. Yeah. So, there is. Yeah, I was gonna say the physical space is great. I buy a lot of DVDs historically on eBay, but it's not the same, right? That's just like you know what you want and you. I mean, you can find stuff, but it's not nearly the same as like like again like a record store. Like you just go through and you comb through and you sift and you sort and you're like, well, I got you know ten bucks. Do I want this one? I got to put this one back. I'm gonna get the other one. You know, just the. I don't know. I mean, I really. Like again, at risk of sounding like the guy from High Fidelity, um, which I often do, I really do romanticize like that physical aspect of shopping. And to like, I think there is something about like having music, owning music, and like the way you connect to it. You know, I mean, I I'm too deep on on streaming right now for my own good. Although I do have a pretty good vinyl and CD collection. But I'm too deep in streaming where like that's my main sort of place to get music. But it, it is definitely true that you just don't get like the same connection as you do when you like look in the store and you look at you know you you you're, you're sifting through and you you, know, you look at the physical you know the maybe not even the liner note even just the back and the front and you hold it and you put it in the computer or the speaker. It's it's you know it's a different different sort of thing. Again, I'm I, <laughs> trigger warning. I am old, but. Uh, but it is true, I, I think. There's or there's truth to it, I think, in a lot of cases. Yeah, and, and like even if you come in with a list and you know what you're looking for, which I did. I have a list of things I want to buy. Uh, but I got six CDs, only two of them came from the list. Like yeah. because you just you, you go over to one corner and you're like, Oh, I'm missing that, or um, this would be neat to have. Or like uh, I I got Chronic Town because that's on C D now. Mm-hmm. You know? That's that that's cool. So um and also just like uh you do notice sometimes when you do put on a cd in the car it is better than just plugging in the aux cord to your phone Um, yeah and you know like you i like having the liner notes i like having like you know this is me i it's mine i have it forever i don't need to worry about what if spotify dies in 10 years what if you know the world crumbles or whatever like I, I still have my. At least uh, I have. At least I have Hail the Thief. Yeah, I've got, I've got Hail the Thief. A good, uh, a good, a good record for soundtracking the end of the world, by the way, arguably, as are a lot of Radiohead records, I would say. But yeah, I, I agree on that front. Um, but I didn't have any more thoughts other than just I want to buy some movies and uh, have them to hold. Yeah. Um, Maybe to to ease some of my angst over this stupid football team, um, because Saturday uh, happens. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and it felt so comfortable for three quarters, even a little bit more than that. Um, you know, just you get one touchdown. You know, you're 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 in control again. Everything's fine. You get one stop, one more stop than you did. Everything's fine. Um, you punt the ball and down it at the one, you know, which the Gophers were in position to do, or at least when ready thought he was. Um, you go for it on fourth down when you're in opposing territory. 
you know, any of these things, like just I, when I was going through this and I was very angry Sunday. So I, I, I put this post together like in one day, which I've never done before. Um, there are just so many small plays where it's like this one play could have been the difference between being safe with a win over the worst team in the Big Ten. And maybe you come out feeling like, oof, don't like how that went, but still a win. And and, and the difference between that and what happened, which is you blew the lead to the worst team in the Big Ten, and it's because your defense failed at every position, at every position group. Um, your good players, your bad players, your all of your regulars failed. Your head coach failed colossally and all of the things we've talked about for seven years about his game management about his conservatism all of those things came out and it bit him again and i watched his press conference uh, after the game i watched his press conference on monday he does not seem to understand that he needs to change still your offensive line it, it faced more numbers, so I'm not I'm not going to pile on the offensive line, but you would have liked to have seen more from the running game late than you saw. Um, obviously, it didn't help that Darius Taylor got hurt towards the end of the game, and Bryce Williams is a respectable back, but he's not a plus back or anything. Um, there are just so many things where one more set of downs, one play, one moment where Josh Wonder doesn't grab the quarterback by the face mask. Um, if Tyler Newbin doesn't bite on that pump fake, like any of these things um, could have made this a win and we would still be pretty uncertain about how that went. But instead, we're furious because you're two and two and now it's a real struggle to get to six wins. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't have like just a ton to say that I didn't write about. I kind of just rattled off all the things about that game that were infuriating. Um, a lot of people read uh, the post I put up on Sunday. Um, I'm guessing because a lot of people were also pretty angry. But uh, it was just it was a game where the inexperience showed, where the flaws really, really showed up. Um, even though there were some good performances, Darius Taylor was fantastic. Ethan Calic Manis was imperfect, but. Uh, had a solid bounce back game and probably should have gotten more of a chance with the ball late than he did. Um, I thought Maverick Baranowski had a couple more ups than he has had. It was still an up and down game, but he, he made some some plays here and there. Tyler Vaugh had the strip sack and then the recovery of his own fumble. There were good moments. Just everything good is going to be overshadowed when all of that happened in the last 15 minutes and then overtime. And that's before even getting to overtime where the head coach kicked from the two as the first team to go. And uh, then uh, Darius Green didn't maintain his zone and, and now the game is over in one play. Um, it's fill, fill the air. I've done a lot. I'm angry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I was, I was, I was, I, I, I should never, I, I hate to say it, I, I was, I was at a festival, um, following it by phone, and then unfortunately, unfortunately, we, uh, for the end of the fourth quarter in overtime, unfortunately, we found the way to get the stream, which was a bad idea. What I was gonna say is, I, I shouldn't go to this festival. Cause I think the last time I went to this festival, I think it was Bowling Green. I always go to this festival and say, oh, that should be one I don't have to watch. 
This one, this should have been one you didn't have to watch. It, and it, and for like three quarters, I was checking my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't need, I don't need to be. I'm, I'm cool. I'm vibing. I'm out here listening to bluegrass music. You know, I'm, everything's cool, right? Like, you know, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it sure seems like, like you said, a, a culmination of, of, a comedy of errors, if you will, um, and a lot of the same issues that tend to come up when we lose these really ugly games, which happens. I, ugly is the wrong. I mean, it is ugly, but you know these games you shouldn't lose. You know, um, and it, it happens a lot, and it just it just happens far too often. And yeah, it's 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 really fr- it's really frustrating. So I don't have as many game specific thoughts, but I can say everything you were describing. The frustrating thing is it's all things we've observed before. You know, it's it it's just it 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 sucks. Yeah, that's all I have to say. But I will um, say too. I will say that drive with with the, with the grabbing the face mask that you alluded to the last drive regulation that was infuriating. The whole drive, every play, like, and I, I was like, I was like, you know, you're just ranging from, you know, oh, oh, they can't, they're not gonna, right, like, right, like they're not gonna until until the end where you're like, you know, even a couple plays before the end, I was like, you know what, like, you do not deserve this win. It doesn't matter if they, you know, if they, if the, if that last pass to the end zone is incomplete, and you know, they, they, you know, whatever, like, you don't, you don't deserve to win when you make that many mistakes, you know, it's just a fact. And they didn't, even if it's a bad team, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like the NFL where every team is like, usually, like, ninety percent of teams are pretty good, you know, like you, you, you were the better team than Northwestern, you know, on paper and, and by most metrics, but, you know, still. Still a foot, still a Big Ten football team. You know you can't, you can't play like that and expect to win. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give props to Ben Bryant, who for one quarter looked far better than I expected him to be, especially based on the previous three quarters, um, where his receivers were getting open downfield a few times, but he just kept missing them, and then suddenly he's hitting everything. Um, and you know, yeah, they they do have other players. They they they've got scholar, they've got guys on scholarship too. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, it it's it is just frustrating because you did outplay them. You know, Bryce Gallagher uh, ran up and 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 tried to to plant Darius Taylor in the turf on a fourth and short, and and said he fell on the ground and Taylor went 40 yards for a touchdown. Your your offensive line blocked pretty well. Kelly Manis, like he he made some good throws. Corey Crooms had a good game. I saw that catch. Yes, which is crazy. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in terms of other levels of frustration, in the fourth quarter, I thought, well, I want to see what happens in South Bend. <laughs> so yeah. I pull up on my laptop uh, to watch alongside the, the end of the Joe game, the, the Ohio State Notre Dame game. And I, I think right as Northwestern is at like the 10 yard line or whatever is when Ohio State stores the go ahead touchdown uh, which yeah. might have been a walk-off touchdown i don't remember exactly but i know you hate notre dame i, I am very indifferent on notre dame but i hate ohio state so for me it was like double whammy back to back yeah evil is winning and also the team i root for uh can't do anything and that's before taking into account the, the mess with tech earlier in the afternoon or the mess with the vikings the next day it was a rough rough sports weekend bad football weekend glad i got to 
glad I got to stay up late and pass out for most of it on Sunday. So, uh, no, you know, that's not even true. I definitely watched the Vikings and got really sad and then passed out. <laughs> well, either way, we have a chance to have a better football weekend, um, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, this is the the game, according to Massey, you are most favored in for the rest of the year. They, they only have the Gophers as favorites in four of their remaining eight games, which is a little frightening. Um, but, and even then, like, there's some disagreement in, among the computers on, on, like, just how much should Minnesota be the favorites? Like, just, just before we get into any of the details about UL Lafayette, uh, the spread by the last check was 11. FPI and Sagarin have it about a 78% chance of Minnesota winning. Massey's at 81. CFB Drafts is at 78.5%. But SP Plus has it as a 61% game, and FBI has 66.5%. Um, and some of the projected stores are more close than you'll probably be comfortable with. Five points, five and a half. 13 like it's this is not going to be a team you're likely going to blow out unless you you have a major bounce back this this week especially defensively um, yes absolutely so um i guess we can just get to it um looking at the the cajun's offense it's i mean the, the, the reason they they made michael desermo the head coach is is kind of a, a continuity hire from Billy Napier before. Uh, this is Desermo's second year as head coach, his eighth at ULL, um, which is where he got his degree. He was a quarterback for the Cajuns about 20 years ago. But this is, uh, it, it looks a bit like the team we saw however many years ago with Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. And I don't remember the, uh, I, I really liked watching their quarterback because he, he ran really well, but I don't remember his name. He's gone now. But just in terms of style, it's a shotgun-only team, 11-12 personnel, short yards they may bring out 13, but kind of an average pace. But they're a run-first team um, who will spread you out with, like, trips to the, the boundary side or, like, you know, a four-wide formation where the, the outside guys are on the numbers. And then they'll bring you in with these bunch looks and they're going to run a lot into in, into your defense, but they're also going to throw a lot of quick passes and screens that make you make tackles in space. Um, and so far, it's worked pretty well for them. Yoel is 3-1 and one this year. Their only loss was by 7 to Old Dominion. Um, they beat Northwestern State and UAB by 20 points. They got out to a pretty big lead against Buffalo, only won by 7 in the end. But um, even with a backup quarterback, even with uh, – a an absence or two along the offensive line. This offense is moving along pretty well. They're not terribly explosive in the passing game. And if you get them in the passing downs, it is it is kind of taking them out of their element where you are, you know, asking them to, to have these longer developing plays. But uh, I, I look at Zion Chris, he's up to an almost 74% completion rate, which is kind of descriptive of how they um ask him to play a lot of short routes a lot of quick timing throws um he can run and in fact he had a long touchdown against buffalo but he's not like a primarily running quarterback i guess but he's their backup he's a redshirt freshman after ben woldridge got injured against uab 
he'll be out for the foreseeable future. I do want to say, one, Ben Wooldridge will not play in this game. He looks a bit like Michael Shannon, if you look at his portrait. Michael Shannon, who's 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 covering REM at First Avenue. Yes. February. I, 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 I was wondering if you'd pick up on that. But yeah. um, And number two, Ben Wooldridge was on the bench for Fresno State in 2019 when the Gophers went to Fresno State. Um, oh. So that's a sort of fun fact, because um, he was like their second or third string quarterback, but he transferred to ULL. Uh, but Chris, um, you know, they, they they don't they don't ask him to do a lot. He is is his time to throw is very quick. He hands a lot to one of his four running backs. Um, the most explosive, of which so far has been Jacob Kabodi, um, who's averaging just over nine yards per carry. Um, but he's only had 33 carries for the season, so that is heavily inflated by a couple of runs. At receiver, they have a, a good rotation, multiple guys with double-digit catches on the year, as well as their tight end, Neil Johnson. Jacob Bernard is their H receiver. He returns punts and kickoffs. He's got 12 catches. So does Robert Williams, their X, and their backup X, Harvey Broussard, does as well. Like I said, they do bring out a second and third tight end from time to time, but neither Terrence Carter nor Pierce Michael um, are our receivers. I do want to point out while we're here, their offensive line is bigger than yours. Whoa. That's uh, not something here often with the Gophers. No. Um, at right tackle, George Jackson, 326 pounds. Right guard, Jax Harrington, who is probably going to play. There was an injury last week. He was gone. But 315, Landon Burton at center, 301, A.J. Gilly at left guard, 328. Left tackle, Nathan Thomas, 334. And their backup right tackle, James uh, Honba, was, he's 340 pounds. Jeez. Um, they've got some meat, and as a result, they they run the ball pretty well. There's actually some good experience on this line, too. It, it's some guys who have at least rotated through the last few years, some, some good continuity. They, uh, they bring back three starters from last year um, in Harrington, Gilly and Thomas. But uh, you know, th- this is a team that will probably be tough to, to be in short yardage situations. They're doing well so far this year, but it's a very small sample in, in that regard. But um, Gophers haven't generated a lot of negative plays as a run defense, and this would be a really good time to do it, but it's going to be tricky because it, it, up against that much beef, it, it, it's going to depend on, on not out-muscling them or, you know, really holding your ground, but kind of cutting through them and making quick plays. You got to fit the run well because I don't think you're going to win up front all that much. You got to keep them from getting to the second level because that's kind of their only way of getting explosive plays is, is on the ground, make tackles in front of you on these slants, these screens, prevent yards after catch. And uh, you, you won't get many sacks. So what, what you need to do is, um, you know, when, when they do throw the ball, which will be a decent bit, you'll, you'll, you'll need to defend the flats pretty well because that's an area they're going to attack a lot. And um, the way they're aligned, uh, the, the way the, the way they line up is going to test your alignment and make make your cornerbacks and linebackers chase a lot to the outside. So that'll be a little bit tricky. The defense probably will not be as tricky, but it is tied for first in FBS and sacks with 18 on the year. 
but that's kind of the only threat you really have to worry about. Short yardage, they're not very good uh, against the run. That rate is pretty bad. Secondary is middling. Um, they don't really give up a lot of explosive plays. They're they're good in passing downs, but not good in the red zone. I think you should be able to run the ball pretty well against this team because they don't have as much size on their defensive line as on their offensive line. They, they kind of spread out the sacks a bit. Jordan Lawson has four. Cameron Whitfield has two and a half. But other than that, it's, it's kind of this guy has a couple. This guy has one. This guy has one, you know. Um, so I think you'll have this size advantage up front. Linebacker uh, Casey Osai has graded pretty well. He's, he's the brother of Joseph Osai of the Bengals, formerly of the Longhorns. Um, he's got 21 and a half tackles on the year. Uh, he seems to probably be their best defender, but they do have some some experience in the secondary, but it's a lot of former backups, I guess. It, it's not like returning starters, um, lots of juniors and seniors, but kind of like the Gophers offensive line, not not a lot of guys who have been really, really tested. So you could theoretically test them, um, but it's probably better to keep things quick because this is a pass rush that's going to be difficult to deal with. There, there, a lot of what Fleck was talking about during the week and Greg Harbo and even Nathan Kelly Manis in their press conferences were um, the, the multiple fronts you're going to see from this team where they've got three down linemen all the time, hybrid edge rusher who is basically always a, a pass rusher, but they may present a three-man front, a four-man front. They, they, they vary their looks. And so that'll ask a bit of um, of Cali Manis in terms of getting the call. Him and and Nathan Bowie will need to be smart this. Um, I went over the win probabilities. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff on BTN. Low 70s, partly cloudy, not terribly windy. Commentators will be Chris Foster's, Brock Green, Danny Rogers. Um, based on everything presented, what are you thinking is going to happen? I'm thinking optimistically that the Gophers will win 24-17. I like to match up our offense against their defense better than I do the opposite. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we're probably, all else equal, we're probably a, a moderately better team. And more times than not, I think we probably come out on top. And that seems to be reflected in the in the probabilities and the, the spreads and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm choosing to believe that we will bounce back and at least get a necessary victory here. I don't know. It might be ugly, but you know, we'll take, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. I'm thinking this is going to be close for three quarters and then it's possible athleticism, stamina, whatever will we'll win out. Um, but I, I think the Gophers will probably control it and win by only like 10 points or so. I've, I've got 27-17 yeah. as my store. Sure. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not terribly optimistic that we'll see a blowout. But if you saw one, you'd feel a whole lot better about where things yeah. are going. Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, this is a talented opponent and, um, you know, you, you need to prove a lot based on the last couple weeks and, and even the first couple weeks of the season before that. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, Northwestern hosts Penn State 11 o'clock as the other BTN game. Hope they hope they hope hope they liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the there's four 230 kickoffs this week which feels a bit weird especially with so many teams off but indiana maryland and wagner Rutgers are the two on big 10 network peacock will have illinois purdue michigan goes to nebraska on fox and then at 6 30 on nbc michigan state iowa so in other words this is not the best week for big 10 football but we have several other conferences to look at. What are you yes. watching? Yeah, so I like to, uh, right off the jump, I don't usually watch the Friday night games, but I think I will very likely tomorrow night watch Utah at Oregon State. I just think that's a really compelling matchup. I know Oregon State, they lost to Wazoo, right? But um, that was a good game. Oregon State's really good. We talk about them every week. Utah has been mostly cruising, right? Um, but I think this is a really tough test for uh, both teams ultimately in what has become a sort of loaded Pac-12 swan song. <laughs> Arguably uh, the best conference in the country right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. That's not any sort of uh, hyperbole. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's uh, there's a lot of fantastic teams in that conference right now. Um, as far as uh, game Saturday, uh, I will pass on USC at Colorado. Uh, no comment. Um, Florida at Kentucky should be pretty, pretty good. Um, Florida's ranked right now, but I I don't think I believe, especially after that Utah game. I mean, I know they've played a lot better, but, you know, I, I'd have to see it. Uh, Kentucky's undefeated. Tough team, as always. I think that's a pretty evenly matched. Two, like, top 30 teams, probably. So, yeah, that one should be pretty good. I don't like Clemson at Syracuse. I think Clemson's probably a lot better. Kansas at Texas, you know, you'd love to see it. We'll see. <laughs> I guess I'm just kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Keep going throughout the day. Uh, LSU at Ole Miss. Um, and it is also two teams probably in the top 20, 25. Ole Miss played pretty well against Alabama or moderately well against Alabama. I know Alabama isn't Alabama this year, but that still means something, right? Um, well, Ole Miss, Mississippi did have 10 points, is the thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't a fantastic performance. It, 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 was, it wasn't, but it was an embarrassment. <laughs> um, and they also they beat Tulane as well, who we think is you know probably all right. So, but I think that I think that should be a compelling matchup. Again, I don't think LSU is great, but I think LSU is pretty all right. Again, just kind of an even, even tight matchup of two pretty good teams. Uh, after that, I I do not like Iowa State at Oklahoma. Uh, that I do not. Notre Dame at Duke. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe, and maybe I do. Um, but we'll see how we'll we'll see how that goes. Notre Dame obviously played a very close game against Ohio State. Uh, it'd be a you know obviously probably more favored in this game than than that game, but uh, still. Uh, compelling matchup, uh, nonetheless. Um, and you know, I don't know. There's some Sam Hartman, North Carolina angle, research triangle sort of angle in there somewhere. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of games so far, right? The 6:30 mark. And then I do like South Carolina, Tennessee, if just because I think both schools are, <laughs> I think both those teams are mid, but like equally mid. Um, I get to go back to quarterback play as we always do. I think South Carolina Rattler is better than Joe Milton because we talk about, I mean, Jake talk about what? Those are both like uh, quarterbacks who 
you know, got a lot of hype but aren't actually that good. Yeah, but Rattler's been better than Milton. I think he's been a little more consistent. Uh, I think that'll probably be the difference in that game. Uh, Michigan State at Iowa, uh, probably pass on that. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's about that's about what I got. Maybe West Virginia at TCU. Maybe maybe App State at uh, Monroe. But uh, that one we'll have to see about. Uh, well, Georgia Auburn is yes. probably not interesting, but it will be really funny if Hugh Freeze loses by a lot. Um, and this is a historic rivalry, so you know it is uh, interesting on that level. I had down UAB Tulane, but then I remembered the whole Trent Dilfer thing, so I'm taking that one off my notes. Texas A&M Arkansas at the Death Star in Arlington once again. I, I don't love that that game is played in Arlington, but uh, I do like watching that game every year. Too bad I'll be at another football game at the same time. Boise State Memphis. Okay. Are you buy, it. buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it. I feel like we've got a sort of front-loaded week. Yes. It's not I like. It's not an outstanding slate overall for, for a college football Saturday, but Utah-Oregon State's my favorite game of the week, probably. And then, like you said, that's a Friday night, which is not a great window for that sort of thing. But um, I would love that as the, the ABC or Fox night game. Um, Notre Dame-Duke, I, I am interested in. That would be my number two. Yes, yes that, that will that will be a good game. I just don't know if Duke has the, has the juice, but we'll see. They probably don't, but um, they're good. And yeah, that, definitely, definitely good. Yeah, so um, this, this may be a, a good weekend for channel surfing and maybe seeing your loved ones or whatever, but um, it's not a terrible week. There's stuff to watch, and um, as we always say, there's a chance that college football stuff might happen. Yes, yes, and I think this week, again, I feel like there's a lot of sort of even matchups. Like I kept harping on earlier, um, a lot of potential, a lot of potential for shenanigans. Yep. Um, so everyone keep an eye on all those things and hopefully we're in a better mood when we talk next week. Absolutely. Everyone have a good weekend and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. See ya.